I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking. It has been I don't I don't quite know how many episodes since we've actually done a legit topic. It's been a while. Which seems weird because like while we know the interviews are more listened to, the topics I really feel like are the soul <laughs> of what we do. And we haven't done one for like four or five. It's been so busy. So busy. You've been off doing things yeah. and and we yeah. and the world is full of interesting people who keep talking yeah. to us for whatever yeah. reason, which I, I don't know why they do that, but yeah, um, yeah. So we need to talk about a thing, um, yeah, an, an idea. I took notes. So, I took notes on this. I fleshed out my idea. I love that because I didn't take any notes. Cool. Um, so we're trading roles today. <laughs> um. So it, it struck me after the One Lap of America that the One Lap of America hangover, so to speak, lasts much longer than a Trek weekend hangover. Partially because you're so dang tired. Except apparently if your name's Robbie Veerhout and you get into the stupid hotels by like 10 or 11 p.m. every night yeah i don't jerk. i don't like those people andy hollis what used to ch- do that too he'd be like oh i'm in the hotel at nine why is nobody else yeah. here i'm like cool we're just leaving the track now andy i hate you so yeah that was yeah yeah he literally got into a hotel or he was like 15 20 minutes away and i'm like yeah cool we're four hours out <laughs> eat me <laughs> But, yeah. but that we always talk about a hangover from the track, track hangover um, from kind of any event we do. And it seems to, for me at least, to last certainly through Monday, probably into Tuesday a little bit. One lap, certainly longer, but it's a longer event. So, you know, I can kind of justify that. But I wanted to talk about what a track hangover actually is. Like, I think we often talk about it on social media and with our friends and things like that as it's just us like, oh, we had such a good time. And now, you know, we're just like scrolling, trying to find all the videos and all the pictures and things like that. And I I think it's I think a lot more is happening during our track hangover than we really give voice to and you are coming at it from a very different angle than i am yeah my my track hangover thing is like a full-blown i think i've got like nine or ten things here because it's a full-blown addiction recovery process that, that goes all the way from like like the anticipation and craving which could be like a month out or if it's one lap several mm. months out and so like the 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 emotional electrical buildup to an event and and i can go through like all nine of them here but like my track hangover is a full-blown like craving addiction and then you 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 get this thing and you're on this high and your life is is in this place and you've got serotonin hammering through your head and you can't live like that forever because you just can't and you know you can't and that's fine the events end anyway but when you're done it is it literally it's it's you don't have that serotonin anymore and you don't have that high and you don't have that that rush of of waking up tired every morning and doing the track walk and knowing that you've got three laps coming and so life is is flat and in doesn't have depth and doesn't have color and it's sad and and you don't know what to do and then you sort of recover and become a normal person again and then it starts over yeah yeah i to be honest i never i don't think it would have taken me a long time to have gotten to the point of comparing the anticipation participation and then aftermath 
to uh, recovery and to addiction. I think that's fascinating. I I honestly think there's I honestly think there's truth to it. I think there's we as mammals and humans and everything we're we're serotonin addicts and or I mean, we we talk about being adrenaline junkies, but that's just a, a another pathway yeah. of making our brains like super happy. Um and it's not just being in the car. Part of it's being in the car, part of it's being around our friends you know, going and being able to hug those people that we haven't seen for a long time and the the shared experience of of being on track. And, you know, when you race, you have like a battle and you come off track and like you're doing the bro fist bump high fives because you just did an awesome thing with your buddies and it was so cool. And and you're in this phenomenal place where your brain has has every bit of happy chemical that you could possibly produce in a natural way and that stops and 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 i i really do think when people talk about track hangovers we joke about it and i think it's a physical thing that's happening i think it's that you wake up that next morning and you don't have the same way to produce all of those happy chemicals that you've been producing for for two days or five days or or however long it's been um yeah and it hurts oh, i kind of want to hear about yours now like i'm kind of <laughs> kind of intriguing so i no. mean i'm my the, the way i'm coming at it is actually from the grief cycle okay i th- i think it's uh mourning okay. and a loss that we experience which i think in listening i i think we're I think we're actually going to touch on a lot of similarities, but from very different angles. So yeah. I kind of want to hear your nine or 10 points or steps. You hear my full, like, this is my full, this is what I go through. This is my full buildup to any event, whether it's to, to a greater or lesser degree, whether it's an autocross, like a one day, you know, six hour thing, whether it's one lap, which is a full 10 days of my life dedicated to this I have the same yeah. the same things to a greater or lesser extent and I wrote them all down here and so I have the so, first the, so, so you want to do like read the full list and then go back and we can like break it down we could do that we, we're, we're great at planning too no that's de- number two <laughs> is planning this is great so oh. okay <laughs> so the first one is is anticipation I'll, re- I'll just read through it and we'll go through them so i have anticipation okay, okay. Uh, planning anticipation planning preparation which is different than planning, planning. um and they need okay. they need to be separated mostly because of you um i, I thought of the, about those and i was like no no those are different in scotland and oh, inter- interesting and we have like like the day before the event we have the okay. we have the day of the event okay we have the actual event oh, okay yeah i got gotcha. you and then we've got the the drive home and, Terrible. and worst thing ever the worst thing ever especially you don't know don't even tell me oh the drive home is terrible when you're like 45 minute drive home from one lap you and i yeah that's not the same game I know. I'm thinking grid life events too. Okay. You know? Yeah, like that but, whole. Do you remember when you drove home from from Nola? Yes. Okay, so that's what yes. I had to do every year driving home from one lap. Yeah, but. I, yeah. I mean, I won't lie that that's like the <laughs> one part of the one lap that I don't <laughs> mind where we live. Yeah. So there's the drive home. There's the next morning. So like waking up to your normal life the next morning. And mm. then I think that next morning floats through, uh, you know, a week or however long it takes to really recover from that. Yeah, I believe it. Um, okay. Do so you want to talk about so the an- anticip- anticipation? Anticipation. So that's like we live. I would argue we live for anticipation. Um, yeah, for sure. And and knowing that you have an event coming, knowing that you're signed up for an event knowing being able to look at a calendar i have a I have a physical calendar on my refrigerator because i'm old and 
and I write things down with a pen and I can see in the, you know, the coming month or I can flip it forward and I can see in the coming months. I have like all the grid life events written down. I have all of the all of my motorcycle races written down and I can see these weekends like physically, you know, it is I can count oh, three weeks, seven weeks, you know, in this month, I've got like three weekends that are that are events. And I can see this in looking at the structure of my life and knowing I've got these things. When you see a month that's got like three weekends of stuff in it, it is both terrifying and wonderful. And then when you flip forward the next month and all the weekends are blank and it's just kind of like, oh, dude, that's like a blank month is terrible. Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. So what am I going to do? So I, I really think the anticipation and knowing that you have those things um it's kind of like normal people who don't do track stuff talk about having you know you've got you've got like your your vacation is written on your calendar right so no matter what you know you've got this thing coming up and you can spend the whole year looking forward to your vacation and or whatever your hobby is i don't know people who have hobbies that aren't motorsports so (laughs) (laughs) or like go on vacation yeah like they just go someplace for a reason i don't really understand you like you like sit down and eat good food and like see buildings and stuff yeah like i i went to like i went to uh california like what track they're like no i just went there but what (laughs) why but what did you do right what like what did you drive (laughs) did you just mope around (laughs) yeah wander aimlessly so i think the anticipation we i i do think we we live for the anticipation when the when the calendar comes out and and adam and chris tell us when we can go play in grid life is i know everybody writes that down right everybody in their in their own way writes that down and they've got these things and they can look forward to them and if this week at work sucks or you're sitting like for me sitting in the car rider line waiting to pick up my children and uh, it's just terrible but i know that i've got these things coming on coming they're, yep. they're gonna happen anticipation's amazing well and i think and i think we need to distinguish that from it like it almost ha- has to go without saying but it needs to be said like anticipation's different from dread like we're looking forward to something in a positive way we are right. hopeful of what it could bring and i think that's that's the other dangerously alluring thing about anticipation are the it's not just anticipating like we're just we're going to be there but we're going to be there and it's going to be the best thing ever and we're going to go really fast and it's like it's the best of the best of the best like we just we just hope that the grass is going to be greener on that side of the calendar and i think that's like that's the uh the allure and the seduction that anticipation can have for us well your first one lap you had to have thought this is like the best thing i've done right like beforehand you're like i'm gonna do this thing and it's gonna be amazing right yeah what's weird like i don't even remember the anticipation of the first one don't you really like it's i'm no i'm so far removed from that at this point (laughs) i also have a terrible memory for that sort of thing um no, I I just remembered like it's like just being there. I mean, in a car we knew like was not competitive in any way, but that we were just hopeful that like we were going to be a part of it and kind of go as fast as we can, I guess, drive some cool tracks. And yeah, I don't and, I don't really remember. And I'd been reading about one lap since the 80s. Um and I've told this story before. One of my best friends in high school, his dad subscribed to basically all the car magazines, was a car guy. And so one of the things I do when I go over to his house after school and hang out, if there was a new car magazine, I would read it before his dad did. Um, like we'd get the mail, we'd get off the bus, I'd go home with him, we'd get off the bus and we'd gra- he'd grab the mail in the mailbox. And if there was a new car magazine, he would whatever play video games and I would sit there and read his dad's car magazines. And so I was reading about the one lap as it developed and so before i did my first one lap i had this idea of what it could be yep and i was super excited for a while um but 
before I do every the next year, I think it's going to be better. Like, no of matter course. what the last year was, this year's going to be better. Every year. So then it's, and you separated these two out for me, and I want to hear more about that. Planning and preparation are separate? Yeah, because planning, in my world, planning is in my head. So planning is sort of, is thinking about what I'm going to do all the way. I mean, you've only ever, you only have one car, so that's like kind of lame. Although now they, now, now Becky's got the Mazda too. So like it's a new planning thing and you can. Mid Ohio is going to be interesting because I'm racing mid Ohio and she's driving mid Ohio as well, but I'm also instructing. It's going to be an interesting weekend. It's going to be busy. So, so yeah, planning is just sort of thinking about all those things and sort of, okay, how are we going to do this? What's the logistics involved? What do I need to, like, what do I need to do to the car? What do I need to do to me? Um, Hotels, like all those things that, that you sort of get to, to think about. And I think you get better at them as time goes on. Um, Certainly I got better at doing things like when knowing that when the hotel list comes out for one lap, like get those hotels that day, that kind of thing. Yeah, I made the mistake of that the first year. Yeah, yeah, I I did that too. There was the first year Brian and I did it. We we kind of had uh, two nights where we had one king size bed, and he was all weird about the fact that we were sleeping in the same bed. And I was like, dude, we're so far apart. Like, if I snuggle you, it's intentional. Just you got to know that. It it's really because he didn't have the heart to tell you that he'd prefer it if you wore pants. Yeah, well, look, I'm I go how I go. It's one lap. <laughs> No room for extra pants in a car on one lap. What are you talking about? So, so planning is like the mental exercise. Yeah, planning is in planning and anticipation. Like I think of planning as halfway between anticipation and prep. So anticipation okay. is just like the yay, and planning is like ooh, this is what I'm gonna do, and then prep is physically doing it. Um, hmm. So. That's okay. And the reason I separated those out for Scott's head is because I think Scott spends a lot of time worrying about doing things. So you say worrying and I hear planning. Yeah. So <laughs> screw you. <laughs> Just planning for contingencies that may or may not happen. Yeah, like that. So... I figured when I when I explained okay. it like that, you would go, "Yeah, planning can take a tremendous amount of time." If you think of planning yep. and worrying as the same thing, no plan. Okay, the the way you've separated it out, I can definitely see me doing like seventy percent planning, thirty percent prep. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, or I mean, oh, thanks. <laughs> that that may be actually maybe optimistic if we if we like break it down into hours. Boy, I wouldn't even want to track that. No, that's a bad idea. Yeah. So anyway, prep okay. is prep is physically preparing things, right? Whether it's sure. like before your one lap, you need you need a certain number of track days, um, which maybe you have and maybe you don't. So you know, prepping there's there's prepping you, there's the physically doing things, there's there's prepping a car before any weekend. Um, whether it's the the nut and bolt thing that you and Becky do, whether it's the safety wiring, the tiny motorcycles that we have to do before a race weekend, there's all those all those things you physically yep. need to do to be ready to go to an event, and that's the okay. the actual prep. That's like probably the most productive things that we do as racing human beings is is those actionable preparation things to make our lives better. I disagree, but I understand why you say that. Okay. I think planning is more important than prep, but that's also because that's where I tend to lean and to, spend most of my time. To wallow around in the world of planning? Just because that's how I do it doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's I don't do it well. I just do that. Yeah. That Although I've been known, right, so, to, I've been known to do that. Like, like if if I counted the 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 hours that I spent not sleeping because I was thinking about what I actually need to do, 
Um, the number of hours I spend thinking about something that's going to take me 45 minutes is absurd. If I just got out of bed yeah. and went and did it, um, it would it would dramatically streamline my life. But I don't. I'm I'm learning that slowly, and I'm I would like to think I'm getting better. But yes, I especially when there's something a potential issue with the car. I used to spend like days worrying about it and just like, you know, it's almost um, Schrodinger's box, you know, just spent worrying about what's inside the box. And then I discovered like, well, if you actually go look, see what's in the box. And some, most of the time, actually, it's literally nothing you need to worry about. Right. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes it is, but it's like, I would rather... I tended to rather just not want to know because the worrying for me was easier than having to deal with a potential problem that's not even all the time a problem. Anyway, yeah, we could do an entire episode on that probably. Yeah, I'm but. sure we could, yeah. So, <laughs> all right, so, so anticipation, planning, preparation. Preparation. And then there's the day before. The day before Friday. Yeah, Friday. Friday is like a different thing, right? It's It's Friday. Friday. You remember that song? No. What? No. No. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to send you that. Yeah, no, or it's one of the one of the worst songs ever written. Um but it will also get stuck in your head. So. That's going to be one of those things that happened when I had like four toddlers in the house, isn't it? And I just, there's yeah, a probably. whole, there's like a decade of my life where people are like, oh, remember when this happened? I'm like, no, I was busy. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, for sure it was. Um, okay. So the, the, the day before Friday, you have to do, like you still have to be a functional human. Um, go to work or take care of your yeah. children or make dinner or like all those things that you have to do to survive that are suddenly not as important because the real important thing is planning and preparation for the next day. Um, racetrack. Racetrack. Yeah. Like that's, but you still have to exist in this day and yes. the day before. Kind of. Yeah. It's the worst. It's terrible. You're, you're, you're a ghost. Like you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're an apparition. You're you're kind of there, but you're very see-through. Yeah. You exist it, in two realities. Yeah, and that's all oh, the the day before one lap is always the worst because for me to get yeah. to one lap is a two-day thing. We generally leave um whoever I'm doing one lap with, we we I wait until they get done with work and then meet them at their house. We drive halfway that evening and then the second half the next evening um and that day while i'm waiting for somebody to finish work and i'm waiting for my kids to get done with school and because inevitably i've got like the cars packed and i'm just waiting for the other person's gear and i'm just like i can't do there's nothing to do can't do anything i'm sitting here this is the worst and the day yeah it's terrible becky hates me uh (laughs) most of the days we leave um Especially for the one lap, because I usually work half a day uh, on Thursdays. So I get home at like noon, and she'll get home at like 2.30, 3.30. So I've had like four hours to like put everything in its perfect place um, to have her, in my mind, mess up my organizational <laughs> system with her stuff. How um, dare she bring things of her own? That's really terrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like I'm I'm just waiting around, and it's like, <laughs> she, and she feels that anti- that like frustrated anticipation. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I've I told somebody, so I was autocross instructing whatever two year and a half ago. And I told somebody, I said, I still, the day before an autocross, and I know this is hard for you to believe because autocross is lame, but the day before an autocross, I'm still excited that I get to autocross the next day. Even though my autocross prep, since I've been autocrossing on like legitimate street tires, my autocross prep is is like, okay, I got a helmet and magnets and sunscreen. 
and I throw them in the backseat of the car and like, ta-da, I'm prepared for autocross. Um, I literally needed to think why you needed magnets, but I understand now. Yeah, not like I need... I don't autocross. <laughs> yeah, n- numbers, man. Like some people... That's what tape is for. No, I'm cooler than that. I've had I've had magnets for... So that's the other thing is when you have a lame street car and no money, like the coolest thing you can do is cut out your own magnets and and have okay. have cool magnets. So I don't, okay, it's, maybe it's a regional thing. I don't know. Yeah, might might need to get some of those for Becky. Yeah, I'll make some for Becky. I'll get the I'll I'll tell you what the good magnetic sheet is. I'll go into a oh, whole thing. It's okay. fun. Yeah, it's like there's better <laughs> magnetic sheet than than worse magnetic sheet, and then you there's like either like. Anyway, it's a whole thing. We'll talk about it. I'm a I'm a magnet guy. I'm an autocross guy. <laughs> I was about to say, we cannot stay on topic tonight for to save our no. lives. No, we can't. So even before, but but even before autocross, before rallycross, before an event that that is like simple, I'm super excited. Um, yeah, same. And and before we go race uh, motorcycles this weekend, like I'm gonna be the whole of Friday. We're not gonna leave till Saturday morning, early on Saturday morning, whole of Friday, I'm gonna be just garbage because I have to load a total of four motorcycles and two sets of leathers and I'm done. And I pack the car like that, you know, like three days a week. So it takes me 12 minutes to pack. And yep. I'm gonna I'm gonna like organize my tools and then pack them all up and then take them all out and organize them again. And I don't know, it's, I'm gonna lose an entire day where I'm not productive and don't do anything around the house for no good reason other than it's the day before an event. For me, it's like when you're waiting for a roller coaster and you are like literally the next person on this side of the gate. Yeah. And the car you're the car in front of yours just left, but you have to wait for your car to get there. <laughs> See f- fucking worst. It's yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, if you're fr- if you're first in line, and you're yeah. just like, ah, oh, it's terrible. It's like, anyway. I can literally touch it. So day before. It. Day before. Day of. Day you, of. Wa- you wake up and you're going to do this thing. You're not there yet. No. Or maybe you are there, but like, yeah. there's so much energy. There's so much energy and anticipation and like, it's all there and your friends are there and you're at the track and or you're going to the track and you get to the track and like, it's, it's real. There's, there's yeah. every time I do a track day and I show up to the track, it's phenomenal that I'm actually there. I'm so excited. Yes. Yeah. I can't sleep in on track weekends and I, not that I can really sleep in most of the time, but like, I really can't sleep like pretty much when I hear the first car fire up, like I'm up, which is usually like six or six thirty. Yeah. I just like, I have to be there. There's a fear of missing out for me (laughs) (laughs) on a track weekend. But it's exciting. Like, I still can't believe people let us drive on racetracks. Seriously. Yeah, it's really dumb. They absolutely should not let that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So so we have the day of. We we can all, I I think any of us who have actually participated in events, and I know there's a bunch of people who listen to the show who who aren't driving on track yet, who are just thinking about it and Hi Sonia. Hi Sonia. Yeah, she knows though she races. <laughs> it's it's not the same thing. But like she races, she knows all about this. But but I have some other friends from the from the grassroots forum and that sort of thing who have like they've autocrossed before but they haven't tracked a car yet. They haven't you haven't driven through the gates on a Saturday morning and seen like it's it's light, but it's not quite light yet, and there's like mist hanging over the track, and yeah. you've got all there's these ambiance. Yeah, it's 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 absurd. You've got all these fast cars, and you know the, all the spec Miatas have covers over top of them, so they didn't get dew and stuff in their windowless windows overnight. And there's these giant Same. double stacker transporters, and you know it's not living that life. No, but other people are. It's yeah. when when you're used to living a normal life and you you roll up and some dude's got a six hundred thousand dollar motorhome and a double stacker behind it. You're like, wow, yep. that's phenomenal. It's, we're not playing the same sport. Um, so you have separated out the day of and the event itself. Tell me about that. 
Well, the uh, I always think of the day the day of is is really that morning and it, it's sort of the social physical part of what's going on versus the actual driving. Um, okay. And I get a better feel for that as now I do um, I attend grid life events, but not as a driver. Um, for my own various personal reasons, um, I can sort of look at an event day without actually driving and realize that that so many of those parts are still there. Um, when I drive into a racetrack, even if I'm not driving, it's super exciting. Yeah. Um, and when I when I listen to somebody call cars to grid and I watch people put their helmets on. And I mean, I, I feel that energy without being someone who actually goes on track, but that's still different than, than putting on a fire suit and putting on a helmet and tightening your belts. Um, yes. That's a thing. For Yeah, for me, it's like there's a lot of emotional excitement about the day of. Um, but for me, like the event... I don't want to say it gets more serious, but like I get a lot more focused. Yeah. Like the the jovial part kind of goes away. And not that I'm not having fun, but like I get a lot more focused. Yeah, and and I'm still I don't know if nervous is the best word, but but there's oh, no yeah. other word that describes like the the pure nervous energy of of sitting in a car with the belts tightened on grid you know and somebody you know they blow the whistle and they give you you know the the two fingers letting you know it's two minutes and that's phenomenal that's i don't know there's nowhere else in my regular life that feels like that that kind of intensity yeah. and anticipation and nervousness um i think i would have to have cops pull me over to get that kind of emotional intensity um, yeah something and i get i know too like if i get in the car strapped in and we're waiting in grid to go out and they're like all right hey they had to do another cleanup it's gonna be like five ten more minutes i just get so frustrated <laughs> i'm like let's go come on yeah because how long how long can you maintain that state Puh. of anticipation like yeah. like physically chemically it can only happen for so long and then all of yeah. your nerves get overloaded and fried and i should go back to like almost falling asleep before a race I, that used to <laughs> used to really help yeah i don't i don't do that I'm I've yeah. always actually who I'm really jealous of is I remember uh, Tom O'Gorman talked about the fact that he's always like the last guy in a car because he's always talking to people. And he's always chatting and talking and chatting and talking. They're like one minute left and then Tom will hop in and put his his belts on. And yeah. I don't know if that's how he manages that energy or if it's just that Tom loves to talk to everybody, which I kind of think may be what it is. Could but. Be. But yeah, a way to manage that energy would be fantastic. I don't, I don't have a way to manage that. Um, it just builds up in me, and it's it's wonderful and horrible, and and I live for that. Um, yep. So that's the actual. So you do, yeah, you do the thing. You do the thing. You have the event. It's you know, and it's it's usually spaced out through the day. You've got whatever two or three or four sessions or or whatever it is. Um, and mm -hmm. at no time is it less exciting for me. Um, the I, I mean, the first, if I haven't driven in a long time, the first session's always a little bit, you know, a little bit more puckery because I think I suck at stuff. Um, and then by the last session, I have acknowledged that I suck at stuff, but I kind of know where I am with that. Um, so yeah. yeah, that's the event. That's the actual event. That's yeah. the thing. And then okay. at the end of the day, those or the end of the weekend, the end of the day, those are done. Like, you know, you you turn the ignition off and you you load the car in the trailer or or whatever it is, and you're not doing that thing anymore. Um, but there's a huge amount of energy 
still sort of like going through you and yep. you drive home with that um even from yes. one lap when you're when you're exhausted the the energy and we have a two-day drive home from one lap that energy follows me the whole way home and and everybody who has an actual drive home from one lap talks about you know everybody discusses what you're going to drive next year that's the classic yeah. thing is you know on the way home you figure out what you're going to do next year um yeah because you're still you're still on it you still have that energy um yeah and it's there and it's wonderful um and you're tired um i'm always yes. tired from from everything i yes. do at the end of that it's even if it's just one day of of driving on track um it's tired it's mentally yeah. very tiring and so I sleep well after any of that stuff, whether it's a, yep. a single, you know, a single day, a single autocross. And part of that's because autocross is, for me, is super, super social um, because I'm, I'm not in this. It blows people's minds when they hear me say this. Um, I'm not a terribly social person. So when people only know me through autocross or motorsports, they assume that I'm super outgoing and super social and I'm not unless don't talk to Seth people unless I'm at autocross or a track weekend because those are like when I'm when I'm and you know this like when you're coaching there's a certain amount of when you're teaching there's a certain amount of sociability built into that job where you have yep. to introduce yourself to new people and get to know them and find out how they learn and do all of those things um, which I find utterly exhausting yes and when it's when it's track things where I don't teach, I still have all my friends there, people that I don't see very often. And so I catch up with them and I talk Same. with them and and all of those things. And normal day to day, I don't I don't interact with human beings nearly that much. I certainly don't interact with people outside my family nearly that much. So um, I'm I'm the same way. And like, I think the first few weekends, like Becky was trying to figure out who the hell I was. <laughs> yeah. Um, on track weekend because I'm a social butterfly um, trying to see all the people I you know I'm excited to see and talk and talk car set up and uh, you know if I've got students you know definitely hang out with them and get them up to speed and then blah 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 probably do a podcast and like all this stuff and it's like in my daily life like I'm I'm an introvert. Like I, <laughs> I get so exhausted by people, um, which I think for me is part of why I'm so tired at the end of a weekend is because I've done like a month worth of socializing <laughs> in two days. Right. Yeah. My Sonia will will say that I am a completely different human being when I'm when I turn on my track persona because she sees it when we just yeah. go to the cart track. And um, I've sort of become the unofficial ambassador for motorcycle guys. Uh, so the yeah. cart, because I'm there all the time, so all the cart guys know me. So not only do I talk to the motorcycle guys, I talk to the cart guys. Um, and they're not shy about having me, asking me to help them load and unload carts. And like, there's people that I know that, like I know their kid is seven and he's been driving this cart and he just got this cart and I talked to his wife. And so like we have this whole, this whole social world that exists at the track that I'm not that person otherwise. And, and it's taken Sonia a while to realize that, that in that environment, that's the person I am, even though I'm not yeah. anywhere else. So it's weird. So where, where are we on your list now? We're We've gone on... through anticipation, planning, preparation. That's the drive home. We're talking about the drive home, the sort of the energy that's still there on the drive home. Yes. And so you drive home and you go to bed because we're tired. That's where we got yep. sidetracked is being tired because of all the people. And Boy, I, I could wax poetic about bedtime too, but yeah, we'll I don't, keep going. I don't know if we want to do that. So... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so then we get to the next morning waking up mm. monday morning and then freaking, like freaking work yeah like work life sucks. is life is just there like you gotta wake up and just have breakfast and do the adult things terrible 
Yeah, and you're terrible. in 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 that morning, your your car doesn't need you. Like there's nothing that needs to be done with the car in general. I mean, unless you're Scott and like everything's on fire all the time. No. But I don't want it to be though. I know, but but normally if everything's gone well, like the car can just sit where it sits for today. Like there's yeah. it sits there. You don't even need to unpack any more than you've unpacked from the day before. No. It's just like nothing about your racing life is actually important on Monday morning. It's true. It's true. Just the only things that are important are the the adult things that make it so that your racing life can happen. You know what may be part of the hardship of this is the lack of anticipation (laughs) of going back to work in your real life on Monday. Yeah. Because we spend all this time in anticipation, planning and preparation, like you said, for the event, but there's none of that to going back to work or your real life on Monday. And it just hits you like a wall. And and even if you really well, lo- walls don't move, that's a bad No, analogy. you hit it like a wall. Sure. Something. But, but e- even if you really, really like your life, like I I I genuinely love my life and people be like yeah that's because you don't have a job and they call me a jerk and things like that but like um i've (laughs) call a spade a spade yeah it is and so (laughs) so i but i i and and i have for a long time this whole stay-at-home dad thing has not always been like the world's easiest thing but in general i'm here like i'm here voluntarily even though i made a commitment to it um like I, I realize that I show up to, to work to take care of my kids every day and I like doing this. Um, and I right. like interacting with them and raising them. And so I like I like I generally like it. It would it's the equivalent of somebody who likes their job, right? Like, would you choose a different job? I'm like, not really, I like what I do. This is this is cool. I like my life. You still don't you're right, it doesn't have anticipation, right? You're not like, Yes, yeah. I'm back to normal life. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Nobody does that. Raisin brain in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get up and get pour it. I'm gonna pour some cereal. Yeah. It's gonna be good. I'm gonna kill this commute. So yeah, like yeah, I get to commute. This is gonna be so awesome. I'm gonna spend like forty five minutes in the car. It's gonna be so cool. So nobody does that. Yeah. No. And and I think that carries into the week after. Um, there is, it's a tapering effect, but I think that week after is really the, the hangover that we talk about. Um, in, in it's more extreme. You can feel it more with one lap because it, the re-entry into life is kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, well, the duration hurts yeah. as well. Because, well, one lap, because one lap takes a week, you actually become a person you become this this nomad. Um, it's yeah. more than just being at the track for a weekend. You exist as a person who drives to tracks and drives on tracks and drives to the next track. And you feel like you could go on indefinitely. And so the, the re-entry to life takes longer. Yeah. I buy all of that. Yeah. And I wonder I wonder then if you know the whole addiction part of it and maybe this is just moving from one addiction to another then if we're talking about these weekends as addiction but since we have all this anticipation everything is centered around literally like even in your your list like it's centered around the event and so you're bookended by the other things instead of having the event be like the beginning and end and the anticipation and everything like leading up to the real life. So I wonder if it's just like kind of the lack of anticipation ultimately that starts things off to like, yep, okay, I'm looking forward to this track, but yeah, then afterwards I get to go back and back's even the wrong word. Like you can't even say go back, but I get to then go do this afterwards. I 
I think as I'm hearing it, I think that's the the thing that's missing, and that's what causes the uh, um, the hangover, like we talk about. I I think we have to have highs and lows in life. Um, we we have to have those those swings. It's just part of being human and part of enjoying life and it's yeah. if life is really and i could go into a like a really long part of my history here dealing with uh the time i spent on antidepressants which were a fantastic drug for me at the time but they made life completely flat um i've heard which which at the time was good because there were like the lows were in a bad bad spot and so yeah. i needed to i needed to get up to a point that was flat but um, when I was better and I was able to stop taking them in a healthy, safe way and I got back those highs and lows and the anticipation and the, the, the good parts of life and then the letdown afterwards and the buildup. And, and so I got those highs and lows back. It was, it was really refreshing. Um, yeah, and it was good. So the way I was looking and thinking about the the track day hangovers brought on by re-entry from the one lap was uh, a period of mourning or a period of loss and how we go through the stages of grief, you know, denial, um, was it denial, anger, no. Denial. <laughs> I totally should have made you, notes. This is why you should take notes. <laughs> Denial, bargaining, anger, depression, acceptance. And um and what I found interesting is like this for me started before we were even home. Like it was the last day, like even before this the dry the yeah, the dry skid pad at the end. I was like starting to, oh man, I can't believe it's over. I can't, I can't believe the thing. And then, you know, there's, there's the inevitable thought of, well, why can't we just do this like all the time, <laughs> which right. is an absurd thought. Um, Cause of course you would die if you tried to do that all the time. Um, and then, you know, anger I've, I've found we, we can do this in another podcast too. Anger Anger masquerades is a whole lot of things. Um, but just frustration and, like, disappointment with, like, your normal life. Like, why can't my normal life be, like, the one lap? <laughs> it's, like, again, an absurd proposition. Right. And then, of course, you get bummed because you don't have much of a choice. I mean, if you're going to afford the things that you just did, <laughs> like you have to go back to work you have to go do the things that you're responsible out in this world to do um and then you know just the acceptance and waking up the next morning to go do it and i think what i realize and and kind of a new thing for me this year is i really didn't bother trying to tell people about my week um because one most people like like when you say people you mean like real co-workers no. okay even like non-car friends like when they ask me how the week went my inclination is like let me tell you how every <laughs> single transit every single session went because it's a story and I'm right. getting I'm getting a lot of that energy out by doing kind of in-depth uh, write-ups on Facebook, which I've really been enjoying actually. Those um, are phenomenal. Anybody been, who hasn't read those should should seek those out and read them. I, and in doing that, I've I've realized I used to write a lot. I mean, I used to write sermons a lot, um, and I really haven't done that. And this it's kind of reinvigorated a, a love of writing I don't think I'm particularly good at it but I really enjoy it and 
I used to at least like want to get into some of the details with people and it's like they just and I'm going to say this in the best way possible going back to uh, Bible analogies here um, pearls before swine and I don't mean to like belittle any of my friends or coworkers who aren't interested in cars but they're just not interested like really they, right. they're glad that you had a good time but they themselves are not interested in what happened um, and so I just to conserve energy and to me almost to conserve the purity of what we did and how special it was to us to like try to describe that to people who just really aren't interested like somehow diminishes the event to me and so I've just largely stopped going into it with people who just aren't interested so the I have two analogies with that, but the the big one is that um, when I was rally crossing, like seriously rally crossing, and Brian DeFries and I went to the Rallycross National Championships, and he won. So he became the the prepared front wheel drive Rallycross National Champion, and nobody cares. No. Like, <laughs> no. even even in even in rallycross, people are like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. But outside of rallycross, which is whatever, there's a couple hundred serious rallycrossers in the country, maybe, and they even they have no, they don't really care. Nobody cares. No. And so you did something that's very important to you, like super important to you, and. Mm, and nobody cares. I mean, I don't want to say nobody cares, but that's the truth of it. Nobody cares as much as you do. Right. And I think and I think that's part of what this whole track hangover thing is, is realizing that and not letting that get in the way. We you are not an evangelist to show, to prove to convince everybody else how cool of a thing that you just did was like let it be important to you let it be special and meaningful to you and let that be enough and if you want to document it somewhere awesome but right. don't talk to other people about what you just did hoping or trying to convince them that it it should be that important to them because not only will you be constantly disappointed but ultimately it's not important to them it's at least not as important to them as it is to you and don't let their reaction to this big thing for you like dictate how how you feel about it like the fact that you became you know that Brian became the national champion like pretty freaking cool i mean the fact that we got third place in our class after the freaking few weeks that we had like was really freaking cool the fact that we placed third on the dry skid pad is still stupid and amazing <laughs> um and i i just don't i haven't this year this has been the first time I just haven't spent my energy trying to tell others about it um, who I know they're happy for me and I know that they're glad that we had a good time, but that's just not that important to them. Right. And that, I mean, that, that comes to, to anything in life. You can't let people's acceptance of your happiness define that happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to be Episode happy over. yourself. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but especially with something as as niche as track driving. Right. Um, and, and we always say that when we're autocrossing because Houston is a city that's got three or four million people in it. And three or four million people on a Sunday morning, there'll be like 90 people who show up to drive cars. Sure. 
that's as niche as you can get. Like, my youngest son was doing um, uh, Nerf Wars before the pandemic hit. With the, this group of guys would get together and shoot Nerf bullets at each other. And the group of guys shooting Nerf bullets at each other was only slightly smaller than the group of guys autocrossing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, part of it for me this year too is like, this was our third one lap. I mean, I kind of feel like we've gotten into the rhythm of it. We know we know some of the great people and we still get to meet cool people every new people every year and it feels like we were a part of something really cool like we got to help make an amazing experience with 200 of just super weirdos who decide to do this for for eight days in a row um but that it's meaningful, that we feel important, and that we feel valued because we're a part of it. And then we go back to our lives, and not everybody has this experience, but we're not always valued. We're not always that important to everyone. We're not always have the idea that it's all of us against the event. It's a very noble idea um, that not many people in the real world share. And so when we go back to work on Monday after all of this, um, I mourn that loss of what the one lap means to me and what that community means to me. And it's, you know, you always seek out the videos and the, and the uh, the pictures because you like to be reminded, but you're also being reminded of what you're missing. It's it is that ghost in your life. It's a it's a what what's the phrase? It's a presence of an absence. Is what a ghost is. That you have these pictures and these mementos of something that you miss. It's the same reason we take pictures on a vacation. Yeah, absolutely. And then, and then we try to, you know, there's the old the 70s and 80s trope of dragging out the the slide projector yeah. and making people watch pictures of your vacation. And I think that's really the telling your coworkers about one lap is absolutely a, the equivalent of making people watch your your, your slides. Yeah. I think um, that's an apt analogy. Um, because you love, like, you love that, right? Yeah. Like, I and and no one can love looking at pictures of the event the way you do. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you can call it a funeral. <laughs> you can call it a celebration of life, you know, whatever you want to. But I think... I almost think a way of, I don't want to say getting over it, but honoring what you just did and why it was so important to you. Like having some sort of ritual, either the next day, like again, something that you can anticipate and look forward to. Like maybe that Monday evening, you set aside a couple hours and you just rewatch some videos. You sit down and you kind of, tell the stories again and you look at the pictures and just remember odd details about you know the one gas station stop when all they had were like slim jims and pepperoni sticks to eat or something <laughs> um but it's like kind of just set aside time like give it <laughs> give your track experience a memorial service <laughs> is kind of what i'm saying and I, no this is the first time when you when you started this and you came at this as grief i didn't really get what you were saying i i get and that I, a lot. I think now it's i okay. get what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean i it, it's important to us 
we spend an absurd amount of time, money, energy, friends, social media, um, attention, dreaming, restless nights on this stupid hobby of ours to not like give it a proper burial after it's done. And it's not to say your net won't be back, but it's like, like honor it, give it a name. <laughs> you know, what, what would you write on the tombstone that was one lap of America 2021? Because it's not going to be like any other that we ever get to do. We're going to get to do more, I hope, but it's, it was unique. It was a special thing, man. Like, Put down the date, put its name on there, and say, we adapted and overcame One Lap of America 2021. Frickin' let's go. I mean, that's what's on the tombstone for me. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and I'm feeling sad just hearing this because I missed it. Like, being yeah. doing it for five years in a row. Yeah. I didn't I didn't mourn last year because it I mean I did we, but there's so much going on and the fact that the event itself right. didn't happen. Well, you got to mourn so that I didn't feel left with out everybody else. Right. Like that that yeah, was so, almost yeah. its own event on its own. Right. Um and this year you you guys did it and I didn't. This is literally the first time I'm like getting misty <laughs> about this year's one lap because like, <laughs> it's like freaking hell yeah, man. It's like we had some ridiculous friends like bust their butts to get us there. We busted our butts to get us there. We busted our butts with more help during the entire stupid thing. And it's like, and yet we were at the same time bummed because like it doesn't feel like a complete one lap without Tim and or Seth in slow cars like I, I don't know wax poetic about yeah, it all no, I, yeah I don't know what an event without you would feel like even though I did my first two without you there you've been there and I don't know. There's a whole lot to say about yeah. that. It's it's like any time you've been been tracking with a group for a while or autocrossing with a group for a while, and then somebody stops coming for some reason, and people all have their own reasons. Yeah. Um, I'm the guy who stopped autocrossing, right? I haven't been to an autocross in almost two years, probably. And and so I'm that guy, and I've had people tell me that it's, you know, when I stopped showing up, that it was weird that I stopped showing up. Sure. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, there there's a there's a a morning when people do stop showing up, and you they because we're so far apart geographically, you do kind of lose that person from your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So I don't know. Now I'm sad. Now you're making me mourn everything. I know. <sighs> I know. <laughs> Let's, we should have cake, more like funeral cake or something. We should. We should have a post one lap cake. Why are we not doing that this? A thing. <laughs> this is a brilliant I know. idea. All right, we just came up with it. Um, yeah, that's so, it. Next year, post one lap cake. It's a thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Bet I'll <laughs> freaking go show up to the award ceremony out in the parking lot with a massive cake on the trailer. Um, and we'll have room next year because we'll have a much more spacious car. Um, yeah, so track day hangovers as addiction cycle and mourning. Uh, I'd be interested to see what, what y'all think about this one. So, uh, track walking chats on Facebook, let us know. I'd be uh, I genuinely would be curious, and uh, we are at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Um, if you want to follow along with my our recap of this year's One Lap of America, uh, we're doing it on our the Robertson Racing Miata Facebook page, and um, 
Yeah, it's been it's been fun to kind of write that, and I think that's been cathartic for me as well. Like writing this all down and cataloging it, so it can like come up in my history next year, and I can like be like, oh yeah, remember when we were idiots? Um, it'll be great. But yeah, I think we uh, yeah. I think we did a thing tonight. Seth and I are gonna we did go I'm... hold each other in the corner while we. <laughs> <laughs> we we cry and eat cake. Oh, God, and, I really want cake now. And anticipate yeah. next year. All right. Well, I guess for this week, <laughs> sad but like now I really want cake. Note: uh, I'm Scott, and I am Seth, and we are track walking and eating cake. Have a good night. <laughs>